0: This' has just got a word she'd like to just or scripture she'd like to read.
1: I really felt this morning that we were... there's something of we need to be looking up to him. And it says, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven and on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside.'" And I wept, and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll to look inside. And then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able, he's the one who's able to open the scrolls and it's, the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, he had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. This morning we We can look to him because he's purchased each one of us. He's purchased us with his blood. It's the lamb that was standing in that place. It was the lamb that was standing at that throne. It wasn't the line of Judah. It was the lamb. It was he has been given over that we could be purchased for him, that our sins and what what the things that have held us back can be taken so that we can walk in right standing with him. So, just as we look to him this morning, as we hear the word, let us just settle in our hearts that we've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb.
0: Thanks. Uh, just as we reading that scripture, you know, that's, that's something that actually beats in our hearts is actually it's about Jesus, it's about him, and we have been made a kingdom of priests, uh, to serve him. And uh, Nick, you got something you'd like to just share on that? Um, this is what we call to. This is who we are. Sorry.
2: Getting all confused with this mask on and mask off. Um, I just felt during worship that scripture, and I, I was also reading Revelation this morning, and that exact same passage, um, and at the bottom it said that we are... Um, a, we are a kingdom and priests, and the it's in. Uh, if you could put uh, one Peter chapter two up, I think. Sorry, I haven't prepped this. I was just feeling this during worship. So um, okay, from verse four, you could do from first four, verse four and verse five. 1 Peter 2. Can you give me the NRV? It says, As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God. So all through history, God's plan for us was that we would be a, a priesthood to Him. So the, even when Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt, the plan was that they would be a kingdom of priests, that there would be no middleman. But they didn't want to have an end to end directly with God. They wanted Moses to step in between. So they, they, they said to Moses, you go speak to God and tell us what he says. And then the priesthood was a group of people that were separated, the Levites separated to God, that would minister to God on behalf of the people. But with Jesus, when Jesus came, um, that priesthood, the, 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 middle, the middle layer... The intermediaries, the the go-betweens between man and God, that was done away with so that we would come and enter through Jesus, through the curtain that was torn, directly into the presence of God, continuously. And that's the call for us as a people, that we would become a kingdom of priests. So even what we're doing now this morning, and I felt that in worship, even what we're doing now this morning, it is the priesthood of believers ministering to Him. The priesthood of believers, that means you And me directly with God, not us and you. So you're sitting back, we're trying to work out what's happening with worship, we're trying to, Father, come by your Spirit and and help the priesthood of believers engage and enter in directly in communion and fellowship with the Father. That is your responsibility. You are the temple of God. So the priest would come into the temple and they would make a sacrifice. And they would come and they would anoint and minister to the Lord. That is your responsibility as a believer now. That you would be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Offering praises to Him. Anointing Him. Being a sweet aroma to Him by the way that you live. And the way that you pour your life out to Him. That is the role of a priest. That was the role of the, the, the priesthood in the beginning. There would be a people that ministered to him. A people that sacrificed for him. That poured out. That were anointed. And that's our role. The priesthood of all believers. The priesthood of all believers. If you go down to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. From 9 to 10. 9 and 10. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. We're not common. We're not, there's nothing common about us. There's nothing ordinary about us being His chosen people, His priesthood of believers. There has to be something special over you. There has to be, by the power of His Spirit, an anointing of His priesthood. You're a priest. Live passionate life be a passionate priest of the king of kings and the lord of lords when you're walking when you're walking in public and you're ministering as a priest to the people around you represent him well let him let him grab your heart let him own your heart let him possess your heart because you're a priest of the living king and walk it out Don't be a priest of the living God and be a priest of Baal at the same time, a priest of the world or a priest of mammon or an agent of darkness, living half in the light and half in the dark. It is not for us as a people, a chosen people, separated and precious to Him, a special possession. We are not a priesthood that um, nullify or weaken the power of God. You want to be a person filled with Him and representing Him well. And we don't carry the robes that the, that the priesthood carried. We don't have the outward adornment to show people what we are. But what do we have? We don't have the outside adornment. We have the inside, the, the, the beautiful spirit that is submitted to the things of the King and are walking in a way that is holy and pleasing to Him. <clears throat> But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, special. You may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. He has saved us, every single one of us. Rescued, snatched out of the fire of hell. Rescued. And we don't talk about hell anymore. We've been saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, meaning you are you have free access into the kingdom of god into heaven through jesus if we if we don't if we're not a priest of god if you're not filled with the spirit if you're not adorned by the spirit you, jesus says you have no then you do not know god you have you do not have god if you do not have the spirit and if you do not if you are not saved cry out to him that he would rescue you and that he would save your soul and that he would make you a priest a holy temple he has called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Cry out to Him. If you, if you are not sure, get on your knees and make sure. And petition Him until you are sure. And then walk in Him every single day, step by step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept, until He builds you and He continues he builds you into the priesthood, into the household, into the temple that He would fill. He wants to fill us. He wants to fill you. He wants to come in and sweep clean. Every room of the temple, He wants to come and sweep, slowly sweep and clean and clean until you are, Cliff said, from glory to glory, that we, re- we reflect Him better every single day. We reflect Him more. We're filled more. We have more power, more passion, more purpose. Daily as we step and walk in faith with Him as priests. Amen. That's all I had to say.
0: (laughs) I haven't uh, just also just trying to sense where God's, what He's wanting to do and just uh, building us this morning. Um. You know, we are that priesthood of all believers. There's got to be something in, inside of us that is, is saying yes to him all the time. That, that's constantly positioning, positioning our lives in that place of, I'm yours. I belong to you. I'm ready to do what you want. And um, I'd like to have a look at 2 Timothy 4. And uh, Paul writes over here, if you've got it. To, um, maybe you can do the ESV, two Timothy four verse one to eight. I think we we, we look at it and and do we really identify ourselves as a priesthood of God? If we're a believer, this is this is for those that have accepted Jesus, that have given their lives over. Do we really see ourselves as a priest of God? Because there's some, if you imagine a priest, he's, he's in his robes, he's serving God. There's something about him that's visible, that's, that's tangible, that this is a priest of God. And that's actually what every one of us are. And so my question to you is, am I, do people... Actually, taste something of God on me. Do they? Do they sense God? Do they? Is is my life reflecting something of Him? Um, and uh, Paul writes, and he says, "I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the Judge of the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word." So he, this is a, a discharge to. Timothy is, is telling him, you know, do the duty that God has, has called you to do. Do the things. And it's a, the it's a same call to us. Is do what God has called you to do. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. And then he says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. I think we're already there. Isn't that so? They they don't endure sound teaching. It says, um, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers that suit their own passions. And if you look at our, our lives, sometimes we do that. I mean, we just do a Google search. I want to find out this, you know, and get the evidence of this that I want to believe, this that I want to hold to. And so there's an accumulation of those things that are their own passions. And so there's a trajectory of their life and, and the purpose of their life in, in that thing. But not in being a priest, being a, a, someone who represents God and, and ministers to God and, and draws others to God. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy statement to ask Someone, do I reflect Christ to you? It's even a hard one to ask your children that. Do I reflect Christ to you? Isn't that so? Because they know every detail about our lives, every aspect. But actually, we call to be that priesthood in every sphere of our life. Um, and then he goes on and he says, "As for you." Always be sober-minded, enduring suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And Paul writes, and he says, "For I'm being poured out like a drink offering, and a drink offering was the final offering that sealed that offering. It was it was complete. There's a, the picture of everything pouring the blood out. There's a pouring. There's a total giving over, and so." Paul writes, and he says, I've poured myself out, and the time of my departure has come. And, and he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And you've got to understand, he's in prison here. And he's imprisoned by the um, by Nero, which is probably in the world's system the most ungodly leader that ever was. Hitler was nothing compared to him. He burnt Christians alive, put them had parties and 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 uh, put tar on them, and as an entrance for his guests, burnt them alive with tar as they entered into the party, so they could light their way. This was the this was who had imprisoned him, and he's writing this in that place. Uh, and, and yet there's nothing, you can't pick up anything of the the, the fear of that, the, the turmoil, The you can't pick that up in the, in this writing, because he's got a greater hope. He's got a greater hope in God, and, and, and he goes on and he says, Yeah, I've, run, I've fought the good fight. Are we able to say that? In doing what God has charged us to do, have we fought the good fight? Um run the race, finish the race, because that's what we're in, we're in this race, every one of us, have you kept the faith? And then he says, henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, okay, so there's the crown of righteousness, that the old, uh, uh, in the Roman theater, that's what they got, is that wreath that only lasted uh, a few days, because it was just uh, leaves, basically. And, and it was, but we've got a, a prize that is eternal. Okay, and so, and Jesus is going to give it to us. Okay, at the, the end, if we've run the race. Um, and he says, which the Lord, the righteous judge. Paul's standing over here, and he's with the most unrighteous judge that had ever lived on this planet with Nero. You think he's going to get justice? There's no ways he's getting justice. He is about to be killed, and and yet he's looking to God. And um, he says that this crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award me on that day but not only to me he says to also all who have loved his appearing have longed for his appearing and so there's a position of our hearts that is constant and has to be no matter what no matter what we face None of us are facing what he's facing, writing that, writing that. But there's a position of the heart where there's a longing. I've, um, we've got some uh, friends over at our house, and we've uh, got a young man, and he is longing to be with a young lady, but he's trying to make a plan, you know, like most guys do, trying to wangle, to get to see. So he's uh, he's in a house, but all his plans are like, how can I get there? So last night I had to drive to Durbanville, you know, for my friend's son uh, (laughs) to drop him off to see a girl, and then I get a message later like the mother the mother says I can only stay there till like quarter to nine, and I just dropped him off probably seven o'clock, (laughs) yeah. So so. We had to adjust plans, but he said, no, he got a little bit of, more of an extension, you know, so till half past nine, so I, I said the family, and <laughs> my, my Duncan and Carly and Brits to go and pick him up at half past nine, but there's a position of the heart there. There's a longing. There's a longing to be with, and this is, you know, we can read this and say, not only to me, but also... To all have loved His appearing, there's a longing inside of us for His appearing when He comes. Because when He appears, we will have, we we will, the, our salvation is there. We've been we've been saved. Those who have given their life to Lord, the Lord, and we're in a process of being saved as you walk on this planet, where you become more Christ-like. That's called sanctification. But one day when Jesus comes, there's going to be what they call glorification, where our body is going to be transformed, where it's, everything is going to change so that we look like Him. And there's a, as a new body, and that's, that, that place is the ultimate salvation, in a sense. That's, that's what's happened. We've become, and we really are saved, because then everything about us is in a... Show the maturity of Christ. We're going to be fully like Him and changed. You know, no longer suffering, no longer. And so there is this longing and this hope, and that we have as believers. You know, I did a, a, um, a memorial service yesterday, and there is something about the hope that we have as believers that transcends death, because we all are guaranteed. We've got two appointments in our life that we, every one of us will keep. I hate you, know, being late for appointment, and my wife hates it even more than me, because I'll get it in the, in the ear yeah, if I'm late. <laughs> but it's, you know, we can maybe skip a few appointments in life, but there's two that we're not going to skip. And that is death, and the other after that is to face judgment, to face the just judge. And, and what a place that we can have our hearts changed, that actually we, we've got a security that when we have been changed by him, as we've allowed him to change us, that there's nothing to be ashamed of on that day when we can stand before him because he's changed us. He's Like I quoted earlier, he's, he's transformed us from one degree of glory to the next. something. And the word actually talks about that. We're not ashamed at his coming. And so every priest has this desire to be with no matter what time. You know, as long as I can get there. Drop me off on the other side of the planet. As long as I can be with this person. And so there's got to be this longing inside of us for Jesus. That is that is driving us, that actually shows the trajectory of our lives. That when people look at us, they see that man, that woman loves Jesus. Their life is dedicated to when I look at that young man, I think for these moments he's he's dedicated to this this young lady. You know, there's this this, this positioning of his heart. And so it is with every one of us. There's this positioning of our hearts towards and it's and it's this longing for his appearing longing for that place of actually when I'm going to when I'm going to be changed from one degree of glory completely to be like him and this is you know the early disciples that's why they could they could suffer the way they did is because they had this hope that drove them i mean those that that said rather you know don't cru- crucify me this way Crucify me upside down. You think, why do you want to go through more of an agonizing death? It's, And the reason given is so that they can have a more glorious resurrection. I mean, my word. You change my thinking, Lord. Because I'm just about myself. I just enjoy life. I enjoy, yeah, but actually, the purpose of my life is actually... To serve Him, the purpose of my life is to be a priest that is constantly giving worship to Him, constantly exalting Him, constantly drawing others in. That's you know what is the work that we need to do as believers is to lead others to Christ. The work is to believe in Him, but that believing Him causes us to lead others to Christ, and we do it. Through speaking, but we do it ultimately through example, through how we live our lives. What is our life? At? Is it a life given over to Christ? Is it a life totally surrendered that when someone looks at it, they can see this person's dedicated. This person has set himself apart for God. So there's got to be this longing, this deep desire to have, to be this priesthood of all believers, to be this priest before God. Amen. Amen. You know, and it's, and it's, not, it's not difficult. Some people think they've got to change the way, everything they do, and it's, it's going to be too much. But actually, um, Titus 2 verse 11, I want to read this to you. Titus 2, verse 11. Lona, you're able to... Sorry, Lona, we, we said we don't know who's preaching this morning. So, we said we had no scriptures. So. <laughs> Titus 2, verse 11 to 14. Okay, and it says, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Because Jesus has come, because he's impacted your life, the grace of God is there to say no to ungodliness. Think about that. Jesus came and he brought salvation to us. And this grace that is upon our lives, there's got to be be change. It can't be this wishy-washy grace, God's forgiven me and, and whatever. The grace is never without effect. God's grace is never without effect upon our lives. And so that effect, if we are... Allowing God to, to change us. It says over here, it says, training us. That's what His grace does. It trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions so that we can be more like Him. So that we can change from one degree of glory to the next. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Waiting. There's that word again. Waiting. Waiting for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify himself, a people for his own possession. There it is again. There's this priesthood. It's for us who are zealous for good works. And so the grace of God is there for each one of us. live in this place, to to be changed. We we can't just decide to be a more moral people, or a better people, or just do things better, or just love my wife better. There's the grace of God that we've got to tap into, that actually has been given to us, and actually empowers us, and enables us to live for Him. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you guys, you are the priest. Those of you who have accepted Jesus, his grace is in you to live and be changed. But I want, to, I want to provoke you in the things of God to that there be this yearning and this, this longing for that, that one day, the hope that we have, that actually drives us, that when people look at us and say, that man, Aiden, is about God. It's about living for him. Amen. Maybe maybe this this morning you you haven't come to that place of actually accepting Jesus because that's what he does, is he, he brings change. And maybe that's you this morning and you and you realise that I, I need Jesus because my life is Going a different trajectory, but I need I need God I need Him to come and change me, and uh, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a step of faith because it, it changes everything and how we live our life. It changes to be a true believer. It's it changes everything to our motivation. Where, where we want, it, what we what we desire, it changes everything. And maybe for you this morning, you realise that that's actually I, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to come and change me. And maybe you want to just indicate to me, and I'm keen to pray with you, Joe. You want to share something? Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask: Is there anyone here this morning that would like to accept Jesus and? S- and actually move into that place of living for him totally this morning. Maybe you can just indicate, I'll come and pray with you and Joe can take over, yeah. Anyone that, that wants to give their life to Jesus this morning. Because this is, this is how our life starts. This is how we have real life that is rea- really life. Yeah. The purpose of life, live 70 years, gain as much as you want, at the end of that, what? <laughs> give, it, give it away, you can't take it with you. There's nothing that we can, in this whole life, our purpose is not about accumulating wealth, buying the right house, buying the right car, it's about serving Jesus and about Allowing him to change us so that one day when we meet him, that we're not ashamed, that we can walk into his presence, that he can shine his light and he can say, Well done, good and faithful servant, come in. So anyone want to maybe just indicate to me. Okay, well, I'm around over here, if you want to chat to me. Um, Joe, you want to? I just felt
3: uh, in worship, actually. Um, I noticed a lot of distractions, because um, I was in worship, and I'm on call with work. I got two calls. I was in the toilet, came back. But in worship, I... And I was sure. I asked Tanya, like, what was the words that came? And she said this thing about being a priesthood and not being spectators. And what Cliff was sharing, you know, the enemy of what he's sharing of positioning yourself, or being hungry for, for the Lord, for the things of God. You know, like this young man, is talking about his uh, dios thing. That he's, he's making plans, all his plans is around that thing, this, this person. You know, what's the enemy of that? Is when you become comfortable, and I felt that when you become familiar. You know what? Often the stages. Of, I don't know this guy, but let's say he gets married to this lady, and after a while, he might become familiar with her. And then his plans is not going to be shaping and changing around her. And we can become familiar with the Lord, like for Tanya, She's still. I'm still shaping everything around her. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because I saw look at me now like, what? No, I am still. This is an example. But I just felt that when we were sitting in Clifford sharing, that thing would being comfortable. You know, when Jesus was preaching in his own hometown, they say, it says they were amazed, but they started asking, but isn't this the come of the son? Isn't this his mother with us and his brothers with us and his sisters with us? And they became offended And Jesus said that a prophet is honored except in his own hometown. And if we become familiar with him, and he's just part, Jesus is here, he's in our house, he's just one of us, he's a friend. If we become familiar, Jesus actually said that he was amazed at their lack of faith. If we become familiar with the Lord, if we lose our wonder... If we lose that thing that is high and lifted up, if we lose that, then there's going to be something in us that is no faith for more of God. Because God isn't high and lifted up. He's just amongst us. He's just this lowly thing. He's this familiar thing. You know like David, when he uh, sinned with uh, Bathsheba, Bathsheba? He was sitting at home. He was comfortable. He, was, he started out, he was in every battle. Every battle that the kingdom had, that Israel had, he was in the fight. Was the Lord called him there. But then he became familiar. Then he was like, Ach, we've, we've been through this. And then he started, he started sending his army out. And he was comfortable at home. He was on the rooftop, looking at women. Because he was comfortable. There was a fire in him, as a young man, to be in every fight. Is there something in you that you want to be in every fight? Lord, if it's something of the kingdom, if there's an area where we want to advance the kingdom, where there's a battle, where there's, is there something in you? Lord, I want to be in the fight. Or you're like, I'll look at it from the rooftops. I'll, I'll see what other people do. Because I can say that if we become comfortable, if we become spectators, instead of going towards, instead of being part of the fight, you criticize those that are in the fight. You know, you sit back and say, but I wouldn't do that, but why is that, and, and why is this like this? If that's in your heart, I can tell you now there's a chance you are a spectator. Because instead of talking about it, you should be running to it. You should be running to the faith. Because that's the way the kingdom advances. And I say that we kept on, in the season, we kept on talking about a new wine and a new wineskin. You know, that speaks about, you need a new wineskin for new wine if your current wineskin has been stretched. Some of us don't need new wine. Some of us need to stretch our current wineskin. And I felt that in the season there's going to be a stretching. And I sense that in Josh Jen, across Josh Jen. Do you sense that there's a stretching, there's a, across the congregations, there's a sewing out, there's a, things that's going to cost us. There's a stretching. But do you, it's not just going to happen to you, that your heart needs to be positioned like, Lord, use me. Lord, stretch me. Because if you're comfortable, your wineskin is fine. Your wineskin is fine. Because there's nothing of a maturing in you. There's nothing of a building up, of an of a overflowing, of an expanding. And I felt that in the season, we need to position ourselves to say, Lord, we want to be expanded so that we can, oh, there's this process of sanctification of a new wineskin. Then Lord, you mature us. Then a new wineskin, then you stretch us. So I just want to ask if there's, if there's anyone here that you know that you know that you're comfortable. You know that you're familiar in your heart. It's like, I've been there, I've done it. If you're coming to church on Sunday and it's like, it's, I hope it's going to be two hours, I'm going gonna to worship our songs and then I can go home. But there's nothing of Lord. I'm to position myself. I'm to be a priest. Use me, stretch me, fill me. If there's nothing of that in you, I want to ask you, uh, we're gonna. Cl- I'm assuming we're gonna close now. Then just come to the front, and we can pray for you. Okay.
2: Let's all stand. We're gonna pray. <clears throat> you know, if you if you want to position yourself, you know, God is, that's the biggest gift He gives us is the gift of choice. You can choose. Um, And I'm thankful for that, that we can choose. And and I felt while um, Cliff and Cho were talking, we love Him because He loved us first. And the whole kingdom of priests, it's a priesthood of love. He loves us. And we want to do this because there's a joy in following hard after Him. There is. When we desire him, um, when we hunger and thirst after him, it's a desire because we love him. Love him. If you love him, you'll obey his commands. If you love him, you'll be a priest to him and a priest to his people. So position yourselves. I'm going to pray for us. Position yourself that you would ask him for more. More of his love to fill you that he would stir your heart on fire for him and on heart for, for a fire for his kingdom and the things of the kingdom. Um, Father, I just pray against the distractions of the world, that these false, um, that we give our hearts to, the things, all the wrong things, God. Father, I pray against those things, Lord. Would those things go dim, God, and the desire for, your, for, for the king and his kingdom would grow bright in us, Lord. Even as you're moving amongst us now, God. Just touching hearts that are open to you right now, Jesus. And I know we're all in different places in our walk. Some are still growing. Some are newly saved. Some are very mature in the faith. Father, would you stir us up for more? Let us not grow comfortable, God. Let us not be a people that have a form of godliness, but we deny its power. Thank you that your grace gives us power to change, God, power to love. Fill us with joy, God, the joy of salvation, Lord. Open our eyes to see all the good works that you have planned for us, God. you Lord have our hearts Lord have our hearts God you're worthy Father you're worthy you're life Lord you're a life God and you're love Lord and your ways are good God you're full of mercy God and compassion and grace and kindness Lord Draw your people closer, God. Draw your people closer, God. As we draw near to you, Father, would you draw near to us, God?